We have two scripture passages to read this morning. The first is from the book of Luke, and the second one from the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to read, first of all, from Luke chapter 22, verses 14 to 23, and that is found on page 1,637 in your pew Bibles. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be and who would do this. I'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> which is found on page 1,784. We will read from verses 23 through to 28. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. These are the words of the Lord. Our text this morning is that statement of Jesus out of Luke and out of 1 Corinthians where he calls us to remember. Beloved children of God, I asked uh, Anita 
to not put the tablecloth on the table. Always they have the nice tablecloth on, which is wonderful. But just, just to have it clearly before you of the, the sense of remembering in this table too, this do in remembrance of me. And that reality is, is so central here in our remembering, in our celebrating the Lord's Supper. As I was, uh, I, I hadn't fully, fully comprehended how, how nicely this was, was put. And I think, Peter, you made this one too? Yeah, Peter Prince made, made the things here at the front and also made this and carved that in. Uh, as, as I was reflecting on it, I thought back to when I was about 11 or 12, and, and my father was a pastor in uh, Terrace, B.C., in the church in Terrace, and that's a nice little church, and they uh, they have too, just the pulpit and the table, and and I recall uh, at out of that time many things, but still there there was sitting always, and then looking at the table, and there were just two words written, carved into the front of the table, and. I, I recall looking at that and thinking about that and, and there was something that came to mind about the two-word phrase that was on there. And as I, I looked at it through the weeks and months and years that we were there, then I don't know exactly when it struck me, but at a certain point it struck me just how those words were made up. And it was kind of like a, a word scramble that, that kind of worked itself out. So it was like this. Here, I recognize that, that there were four E's, three M's, two R's, and a B. So there was four, three, two, and one. I thought, man, that's kind of neat. So what word can you, two-word phrase, can you spell with that? Four E's, three M's, two R's, and a B. Well, apart from, yeah, remember me. Remember me. You think, whoa, it's just us. <laughs> but... I remember it struck me at that point, I thought, wow, that's kind of neat to begin with. And then that's, that's the heart of what, what goes on here. This do in remembrance of me, Jesus says, remember me. And so for our service, the, the sermon this morning, I, I want to just focus in on those two words that sum up what our faith in Jesus is in a beautiful way, that we remember him. And so we want to just, just reflect, first of all, on that sense of, of remember, that first word, remember. Abraham Heschel is a Jewish scholar, studied the Bible, Christian man, but he, he comes out of a Jewish tradition, and he... He has that, that sense of, of the Bible and God's word telling us in many places to remember. In fact, part of, part of faith as a whole is to remember. That's, that's hugely part of what it is to be a Christian, is to remember the key things that the Bible tells us. 
And so I just wanted to consider a few of the Old Testament texts with you because over and over it talks about remembering. Exodus 20, verse 8. Out of the law of God, the command to remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So on this day, this day which we celebrate as the Sabbath Sunday, we, we remember that this day is special. And so we are shaped by our remembering, our knowing, our understanding what's special about this day. Or this day would become just like any other day. But because we remember, we remember what God has done in relation to his command to have a day, a day of rest. There are certain things we do on this day. There are certain things we do not do. There are certain things we remember and the sense of rest too, trusting in God and not in our work. And so all of that comes out as we remember this day in obedience to the command. There's also the sense in terms of, of this actual call to remember, two things. In Exodus, as the command is given, then it's given for the reason of creation. It says, remember the Sabbath day, because in six days the Lord created heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested. So it, it draws us, our memory, back into the fact that God created all things. And so that's something we need to remember every day as we look out at the world around us, say, oh, where did this come from? It just evolved and there's no point or purpose to it? No. We remember God, the creator of all things, creating us, sustaining this world. Our memory of it defines everything we see around us. It's so important to remember. And at the same time, in Deuteronomy, the command is, is repeated in the law in Deuteronomy 5, and there it speaks specifically to remember that you were slaves in Egypt and God delivered you. So you remember on the Sabbath, the special day of rest, you remember the creation, and you also remember on this day God's saving work, the work of old and the work in Jesus Christ. And so when it says in Deuteronomy 5, Remember how God delivered you from Egypt, from the house of bondage. That jumps us right away to Luke 22. Because what is Jesus doing in Luke 22? The context of Luke 22 that Carol read with us was, was a feast that Jesus was at. And in Luke 22, verse 1, it talks about that this is the Passover that Jesus is remembering. <laughs> And the people of Israel celebrated the Passover every year, which was a reminder of God delivering them from the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. And so Jesus is right here in Luke 22 with his disciples in obedience to the Old Testament law saying, remember, remember how God delivered you. And he is remembering that with his disciples. So that's centrally part of his effort here with his disciples. Remembering Exodus 12, remembering where the angel of death 
passed over, passed over, passed by the house that had the blood on the doorpost. The blood of the lamb that was slain and put on the doorpost of the house saved the firstborn of Israel. So the blood of the lamb saved, and through that, the people were delivered. And so remembering that precursor to the Lord's Supper, where we today remember the death of Jesus, the Lamb of God, and in the connection to the firstborn, Jesus is the firstborn Son of God, who is going to give his life to save us from sin when we put our faith in him. So, so the act of remembering is, is completely evident in this passage from Luke 22 as Jesus takes those memories that are so key of God's saving, delivering power and drawing them into the presence of the disciples and then we'll see in a moment too how, how he sets himself at the center of that to remember him. But that call to remember is very clear in this passage. If you read through the Old Testament, the rest of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy itself is a whole book of Moses reminding Israel of all that God has done. Deuteronomy 4, verse 10, remember when you received the law at Mount Horeb. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, remember how the Lord led you through the desert, providing bread, manna, and there's bread again in the Lord's Supper. And I read from John 6, the bread from heaven is Jesus the Christ. Remember me. It all comes back to Jesus. And Deuteronomy 9 verse 7, remember your rebellious ways and how God disciplined and restored you. So that sense too, we are reminded today even as the people were reminded then of our sin and the constant need to come to God, to confess our sin, to put our hope in him, to receive forgiveness, and to have life, to go on in that confidence of his saving grace. So that, that sense of remembering is, is fully part of the biblical revelation. In the Psalms, many refer to what we need to remember. Just two, Psalm 77, verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord, the wonders he has done, Psalm 143, verse 5, I remember and meditate on all your works, creation and redemption. So that, that working out. Another very, very familiar verse is Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. And so that's why, too, we have the young people out at the camp this weekend so that they would come to know and understand and remember all that God has done, to live out that command, to give them that, that active memory of, oh, who am I? I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace in Jesus Christ. This is who I am. How do I live that out? I live that out in fruits of self-control, in fruits of peace and patience and love. That that becomes part of their their memory, their understanding, not just spelling their names, but saying about themselves, I'm a follower of Jesus. That's who I am. That's, that's in my mind, in my heart. That's what I see centrally. 
in the Old Testament, Isaiah, uh, specifically among the other prophets, Isaiah 46, verse 9, but the other prophets too, always reminding God's people, remember, I am God and there is no other. And the prophetic books always continue to remind God's people of their, their tendency to forget. And that's sin. In a, in, a, in a way, you can divine sin as that. We've forgotten who we are, created by God. And we forget the fact that we're sinners. Ah, we're fine, doesn't matter. And we forget the fact that we need to walk in the light of the Lord and His Word every day. So that, that reality of remembering is central through the Old Testament and into the New Testament too, where the early church is reminded over and over again what they have received. And so the four Gospels are written. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John written and given to the New Testament church so the people would remember, would come to, to know and understand all that Jesus had said and done said and did. And the last uh, gospel, the gospel of John, ends with a beautiful quote, John 20, verse 31, where, where John the apostle says, all of this, meaning that the four gospels, were written so that you might believe and that you might have eternal life in Jesus' name. So the, the whole sense of the Gospels, drawing the truth of Jesus as Lord and Savior clearly before the churches and the people as they needed to hear that Gospel. Also the letter of Paul to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 verse 8, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my Gospel. This is my Gospel. Remember Jesus Christ. That's the center. That's where it starts. That's where it all comes back to. So that reality is worked out in our text from 1 Corinthians 11. As the Apostle Paul takes the words of Jesus, especially centered here on the Lord's Supper, and calling us to remember as we eat, to remember as we drink, to remember Jesus. It is the central importance that we remember as much of faith of the Bible, of godliness as we can, and the call of faith and obedience to come together and to remember, to be reminded personally, to be reminded together, to be reminded in Bible studies, to be reminded in works of faith and service. The focus of the Christian life is to remember Jesus. That, that draws out or, or acknowledges the fact that our lives, our daily lives, our lives in general, are built on memories. If I ask you, what about you? Okay, I this, that, what I remember, what, what I've done my life. Yeah, I was here, I was there, I moved here, I moved there. I had this experience, that experience. All of the things of our lives 
are, are all memories. It's, it's all in the past. It's all, if, if you ask me, if I ask you, what have you done? What have you experienced? Well, what, what is the sum of your life? You would, you would go back to your memories. Well, I did this and this and this. And, and our memories are, are tied into who we are, our identity. As we grow older, memories become even more precious. So a disease like Alzheimer's is so difficult too. The memories are gone. So it's as if the person is gone. Because the memories are us. And that, that sense, knowing, knowing who we are, our lineage defended, descended from here, makes me who I am places and events in our lives, our personal history. God gave us the ability to remember. That's part of the image of God in us. Other things, animals, they don't remember in that way at all. We remember. Scientists are still amazed. They don't understand how, how we can remember things. They're studying the brain. They're not sure how all of that stuff is filed away. And even the fact that that we go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning knowing who we are, where we are, what we need to do. It's, it's, it's part of the wonder of how God made us. And the center of our being able to remember is to remember our God and to remember our Savior, Jesus Christ. The focus is on Jesus. The focus is above all things. You remember what defines you. Your first thing. Remember me, Jesus said. Remember me. So in all of our remembering, to remember Jesus. And so Luke 22, verse 14 to 23 too, Jesus takes a feast that remembers a great work of God hundreds of years ago. And he takes that Passover feast and he says, this is me. This is me. Remember me. When you're eating, when you're drinking this feast, you remember me. So he takes that, that whole story from Exodus of God's saving work and he brings it fully into himself so that our hope of salvation is only in Christ. And that invitation continues to go out to this world. If people want to have life, if they want to be saved, they have to receive, believe in Jesus. He is the one who saves. From there, Jesus continues to to build into that event. He takes the bread. He says, it's my body. No, it's not. It's bread. No, it's my body. No, it's manna from heaven. No, it's not. It's my body. It's me. I am the Savior. And the cup, it's my blood. Jesus continues to, to take the central place that he deserves. And remembering things always brings us to remember what Jesus did. There is a sense that that the whole Old Testament points to Jesus. The whole Old Testament is looking towards a Savior, looking for someone. Israel is waiting for a Savior. 
And that's the hope that they are longing for. So every, every aspect of the Old Testament points to Jesus. And there is, on the other hand, a sense of the New Testament, as the Gospels tell about Jesus and, and the letters remind the church of Jesus that it's all looking back to Jesus. The central hope is Jesus. And so when it says in 1 Corinthians 11, we need to remember, because in remembering Jesus, we, we draw together all of what God has done. And the saving hope of the whole gospel comes into view. And so the most memorable and significant event in history is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But at the very same time, in your life and in my life, if I look back on my life, if you look back on your life, and we have, we have the young people reflect on this when they make profession of faith, in my life, in your life, the central event <coughs> is Jesus dying on the cross for your sin and my sin. That's, that's the memory. What has happened in your life? Oh, I was born here, I lived here, I went here, I did this. Okay, fine. But my life includes by faith, by grace, when I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. It's part of my memory. That's a picture of my life. And that's the center of our hope. And that continues to be the center of the gospel that we share and proclaim with others when we fully know and remember who we are. Beloved children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So the application is that in our lives we have to fight against the reality that sin causes us to forget. We forget often. We forget who we are. We forget Jesus. We forget God. We forget to read the Bible. We forget to pray. We forget to go to church. We forget the love of Jesus. That's the reality of sin that tries to have us forget. Oh, that's not important. That's nothing for you. Just forget about that. We are those who remember. And the sacrament reminds us, coming together in worship reminds us, we for each other remind each other. That's the call of faith going forward. We continue to remind and be reminded, and the Lord's Supper helps us in that, remembering what is centrally important. Jesus says, Remember me. Just one final thing. Though we do tend to forget in our weakness, that simple phrase still, remember me, if we, we make that our prayer, our prayer to Jesus, that we ask the Lord Jesus, Jesus, would you remember me? The thief on the cross asked Jesus that, remember? Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. That we have the assurance that when we take these words, yeah, we want to remember, we want to remember Jesus, we want to do that, 
clearly and fully in our life as much as we can. But we recognize we struggle. So in our weakness, we call out to Jesus. Jesus, remember me. Help me. Walk with me. And that cry of our heart is fully answered. Jesus remembers us today again in his grace and love. As we are instructed to remember him, we need to realize that in a much fuller and purer and powerful way, he remembers us. And he holds us, even in the difficult times. And he continues to walk with us, reminding us of his faithfulness, of his forgiveness, of his grace. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are humbled again by recognizing your love, your sacrifice. And we pray that if there are those here who have never received you as their Lord and Savior, that you would work in their heart and lives the truth of your love and grace, and that you would draw them to yourself through the witness of the sacrament, or through the word, or by an encouraging word from someone else. Lord, we recognize you're continuing to call people to yourself. Help us, too, who have come to know you, that we would continue to be strong in our understanding of your love, of your grace, of your call on our lives, of our, our living each day for you. Lord, we pray that as your word by the sacrament continues to strengthen and encourage us, that we would have that sense that you remember us as well, that you walk with us and that you guide us by your word and spirit Forgive us our sins. Keep us in your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.